The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Have you ever had that feeling that there might be someone else in your house besides you? Maybe you heard something in the basement or attic or upstairs, or maybe things are moved around a little bit, not the way you left them when you left the house. In many cases, as I've found out, it's something called frogging, where an intruder hops from home to home and has found a way into your home and is living there with you without you even knowing it. There is a new docuseries on Lifetime that details many cases, including this bizarre and creepy case that my next guest is going to talk about. Her name is Brittany Campbell. She and her husband and kids went through it. I've got Brittany on the line right now to discuss. Brittany, welcome. Hi, Jim. Hi, Brittany. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate that. You, of course, are featured on the premiere episode of Frogging Hider in My House. I, you know, here in Las Vegas, we're familiar with the term squatting, but I had never heard of frogging. Explain that to me. So the difference between frogging and squatting, what my understanding is, is that froggers will actually live in your home while you are also there, whereas squatters usually will take up residence in a vacant building. Right. Um, So in our case, our person had actually, um, I don't have, you know, concrete evidence that he was watching us beforehand, but I believe he was watching us through our webcam. Uh, We were living in Hawaii. The guy is from Connecticut. I think he was watching us for a while before he came out to Hawaii, and then um, he ended up, you know, gaining access to our home, and he was in and out of it um, quite a bit. That's incredible that he gained access, and shouldn't be surprised, technology being what it is, that he gained access to your webcam from across the country, but do you still have that property? No, um, so we were in military housing, so we actually move around quite a bit. And um, right. the navy was the navy was awesome in the situation, and they got us emergency orders to move out of that area. Um, and we actually got emergency housing right after that happened. Um, so we we were out of that home. We didn't stay another night in that home after we caught the guy. Yeah, I would imagine it's like living in a haunted house. You want to get out of there, right? Well, I thought that the. So there were other people that were never arrested that were also in our home, and I thought that they were going to come back. So, um, yeah, I refused to stay in that house. The uh, The doorknob was kind of janky a little bit, and so it just it was not a safe place to stay at all. So you, were, But you're on a military base at the time, yes? No, so the specific um, base, Pearl Harbor, some of their housing is right outside of the base. So um, it's accessible just on normal city streets. You don't have to go through the gates to get to their base housing. Okay, so how did you eventually find out that this person was in your house, and how long were they there? What was the purpose of them being in your house? Okay, so we were out of town. Um, We had gone to California to visit family, and we came home, and something was kind of amiss. There was, uh, my husband has a very expensive, had a very expensive road bike that was left out, and he would have never just left that out. So we thought that was odd. Um, we told the kids to wait in the car. We locked the door, opened the garage. The garage looked like a tornado had gone through it. So we were like, oh, wow, okay, we thought we had been robbed. Um, we go to the front door, unlock the front door, go to pull it open. There was a person in our house holding the door shut, and, you know, 
we kind of start yelling at him to get out of our home, you know, he starts telling us for us to go away because that was his home, oh. you know. That was that was one of the really bizarre parts. Is he was telling us to calm down. Which, yeah, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Well, <laughs> so, that's so how we found him. What what was his purpose for being there? I mean, what was he was he planning on doing anything else? Yeah, so he had um, after he was arrested and everything. I actually found a manifesto slash diary that he had been keeping. Um, he was obsessed with our family, specifically our you know our two sons. They were ten. 10 and 13 at the time, I believe. And um, he had written about our family, and it actually turned out that um, he had plans to spiritually and physically transform us through surgical and medicinal me- uh, methods. So he had written that he wanted to perform um, sexual reassignment surgery on me. Um, he looked up, we found through like looking um, through our search history on our Xbox that he had looked up how to perform the surgery. Um, there are other very, you know, he wanted to do a hand transplant on me, which is bizarre. Oh uh, my God. And an re- yeah, he like, he thought that my, he obviously got a pretty close look at me because he said that my hands looked like pink chicken flesh. And I mean, <laughs> I guess they kind of do, but <laughs> like, yeah, but that was, that so he, yeah, he wanted to perform, perform surgeries on us. Um, he referred to us as the omnivores, and uh, he had concocted medicine um, out of both his own bodily fluids and medicines that we had around the house. We found things he, had, you know, he had cooked things in pots, cooked it all together, and he made these little cups that were labeled for use on the omnivores, which is what he referred to us as. He was vegan. Um, he tried to make my cat vegan. Uh, so, like, my cat, when we when I got inside the house, my cat was in a cage, and I'm lucky that we got home when we did, because he was starving him. He was trying to feed him apricot, and one of the things he actually wrote in his notes, too, which I thought was kind of funny, was that apparently my cat had just, you know, not been, he had not been easy to capture, so he put up a good fight. It's the type of thing that you could make a, a movie out of, for sure. You know, of course, it would be difficult to uh, frog someone here in Las Vegas because m- most of us don't have basements here, and our attics are all about 250 degrees in the summer. You would die up there. But yeah. I've lived in other cities, and I can I can see how it can happen. And as a matter of fact, I, I've heard that many celebrities have had problems with people living on their property or in their pool house without them knowing it for several days. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that as well. And this, you know, with our situation, um, we did find some evidence that he had been hiding in a little crawl space um, in our bathroom. And uh, what it looks like mostly is it seems like, you know, we would leave for school in the morning. The boys would leave for school. I'd leave for school. My husband would go to work. I think he was coming in during the day and then, you know, hiding either in that crawl space or in our garage and, you know, leaving at night to go somewhere. I I think he was in and out of our home a lot. My theory is that he had gotten a key and made a copy of it. This person, like, you know, the police and everybody was saying, like, oh, he's just, you know, he's just a crazy person. Uh, you know, he wasn't. I've, I found his Instagram account. He was a pretty normal person before all this happened. I, you know, I spoke with him. He seemed totally coherent and stuff when I was speaking with him. So it's not always just, uh, you know, somebody's down on their luck and needs somewhere to stay. I can't believe you spoke with him. Where did you have access to, to be able to do that? When we so when we came home, um, 
you know, we got him outside. My husband was holding him, you know, at bay kind of in this area until the cops got there. And I was speaking with him. Um, you know, at first I, I was asking him, you know, where my cat was because I, I couldn't find the cat anywhere. And usually the cat would come running to me. He was, in a, you know, in a cage, so he couldn't. And, you know, he told me to calm down that, you know, he told me where I could find my cat. I asked him, I had some jewelry that were family heirlooms. And um, he was like, you know, I didn't take anything. It's in, you know, he told me where it was. And he had written about being part of a group and our neighbors had actually called in a domestic disturbance. So there were, there was another woman in the home at least. Um, and he, you know, he wrote about having like a party or something. So I think he had actually hidden my valuable from other people because, uh, so my speculation is that he wanted to be able to like stay in this, in this place. And he didn't want there to be any kind of evidence that, you know, somebody had been there and I would have noticed missing jewelry. So he'd actually hidden some of my jewelry away somewhere. You know, with advances in home security, it would be, it, it's pretty tough too for creeps like this uh, to gain entry as easily as they have in many of these cases. Obviously, you didn't have a ring camera or anything like that. Yeah, um, so we definitely, like, we we plan on getting one. We don't have one right now because, honestly, he was he was accessing our webcam to watch us also. Um, one of my fears is that somebody would gain access to our ring and, you know, see us on there. So, uh, but I do plan, when we move again, I plan on investing in a really good system with, you know, a lot of encryption and security on it so nobody can get into it. Yeah, and I would think that uh, anyone who's gone through this, they want to make sure you walk around the perimeter of your home and check out all entry points and, and things like that. Well, it's Brittany Campbell, who is on the first episode of Frogging Hider in My House on Lifetime. Great talking to you, and uh, thanks so much for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me share my story. I appreciate it. No big deal. The suspect was just going to perform surgery on the family. I was thinking, I get it. These people are homeless or something. They're hungry. They need a place to stay. But in many cases like this guy, they're obsessed with the family. Check out Frogging on Lifetime. That finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.